everyone, and welcome back to Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I am your host, Alton. With me, as always, is Reese. Hey. And <laughs> really bringing that podcast energy today. Hey. <laughs> and we have two returning guests. We've got Terry Bovanga. Bovanga. I keep getting it wrong. There we go. You got it. Terry Bovanga and Victor. Oh, hey. Two all-stars returning. Our fans are screaming. They're they're rending their garments. They love it. Uh, yeah, I love it too. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for coming on the pod. I can't game right now. I'm doing a podcast. Uh, I'm so sorry. It's so rude of me to ask you to game while you're podcasting. Those are two things that should never be combined together, gaming and podcasting. I want to try, like, doing a theory where, you know, I want to try pushing, like, a life coach theory of multitasking shortens your lifespan because you're exerting more life force doing different things at the same time. I think it's going to be a very successful grift. Sure. If I can convince, you know, some big Silicon Valley dipshit, the more you work, the closer you are to death, which is essentially me stealing that one theory that Trump has where, like, everyone has a finite amount of life force in them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our hearts are just organic batteries that will eventually lose yeah. juice, and that's it. That's the best. I love that. I love our normal president with his amazing brain. You have a limited amount of beats in your heart, which is actually something I've also heard from Forbidden Secrets of the Pineal Gland and Crystals of the Universe Facebook group. <laughs> They're actually pretty cool if you look into that stuff. It's kind of dope. I wonder if that's like one of the things that Scientology reveals to you, the number that is like constantly ticking down of your heartbeat. Hell yeah. Like if you can switch it into, what the fuck do they believe in? Dialysis? Dianetics? I don't know. Dialysis? (laughs) I gotta be honest with you. I I mean, I I believe in dialysis myself. (laughs) (laughs) I think dialysis is real. I, I don't discredit that whatsoever. To me, it sounds Listen, like a great Silicon Valley grift. What was that company, Theranos? We can look into your bloodstream and tell you how many heartbeats your heart has left. I feel like this is a very common thing in religions, because there was this Buddhist belief, I think. The aesthetics would uh, not eat or try not to eat because they believe that eating burned your vital essence. The less you ate, the longer you live, which is, uh, you know, I believe that too. I believe the exact opposite. The more you eat, the longer you live. If you have 10,000 calories in a day, it's going to just quintuple your lifespan. That is what video games taught us, essentially. You know, like you get fucking hit with like a giant storm of stars. You can Uh just eat an extra large pizza and be fine. You after, you know, getting beat up by street thugs all day, you like kick a trash can and a chicken comes out and you just eat the whole chicken. Refills your life bar back to full. Yeah, I mean, I've personally I've played enough Arma Three to be a, like a real army man, so I can totally agree with you guys on that one. I think with the amount of Arma you've played, that you're officially a major in the army. Yeah, if you get drafted, there's like a clause that says that you get to be a general because you spent so much time in the simulations. This is literally what the fucking Ready Player One 2 book is about. Like, (laughs) dude played a bunch of Star Fox 64 and is like, oh yeah, by the way, you're like now a superstar. super pilot. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. That was gonna be fucking horrifying. Ready Player One 2, which is a great name. (laughs) 
<laughs> Ready Player One Two First Blood. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. We should move on to our our first feature of the pod. We are introducing a new feature. Not new, kind of new. The feature's new, but we've talked about it before. This feature is called What Hijinks Has Reese's Coked Out Neighbor Gotten Up To Recently? If you didn't listen to the previous episode, quick update is that I have a neighbor who is insane, probably on cocaine, and he screams all of the slurs against gay people at our house. <laughs> on the weekend, he blasts the worst rock imaginable, um, really loud. That was the, he called the cops on us once. That was a lot of fun. But recently, the new update is that he's gotten a CD of dog barking noises. <laughs> What? And we'll play it at the house. I, I thought it was just a like dog freaking out for a while. And like, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe somebody, go, one of the other neighbors has a lot of dogs. But it honestly sounds like he's playing this dog barking CD on repeat because we have a dog here. And I think he's trying to freak it out or something. I don't know. I, I only hear it on the weekends. <laughs> and it's insane. It is insane. <laughs> um, we got security cameras installed because of him. And I have footage of him standing by his little shack staring at the house for like 20 minutes i'm paranormal activity shit she's <laughs> so that's the update yeah he has fucking dog.mp3 playing at his house on the weekends how did you determine that cocaine was the drug of choice there are rumors about him in okay. the town okay and i don't know i don't know what else would fuel this kind of behavior the thing that I just can't get wrapped around my head is that, like, you can purchase MP3s or even, like, physical <laughs> copies, whether it's, like, a CD, a cassette, an LP, a mini disc, what have you, that is just dogs barking. Like, as if that is something that's in demand. Like, there are, no, there are enough fucking dogs where I live that bark at random times. It's not like it's something that I really want to queue up. And like unwind <laughs> to on the weekends. Oh, it's all over YouTube, bud. Twenty-four you hour up- ASMR dog <laughs> yeah. barking mix. <laughs> you look up any sound effect you fucking want on YouTube and have like a five-hour mix of it queued up. Hell yeah! For your listening pleasure, the next five hours of the podcast will be dogs barking. Still, <laughs> Rottweilers growling to study, relax too. <laughs> If he really did find a CD or a mini disc of dogs barking, then he really is on crack or, or, or Sherm or something. <laughs> Imagine if you just found like a blank CD, put it in your computer, and it just played like an MP3 of just dogs barking. You would feel like you got fucking cursed. Because the rational-minded individual, you know, with logic and rationalism, mm-hmm. would, would go to YouTube and type in dog barking. But yes. To, to go to a store and ask the man for a dog barking mix... <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I think I may have a solution here. And I'm really trying to apply my new studying as an ANCAP as to how you would solve this problem. I'm thinking you just buy all the cocaine in your county and he's essentially <laughs> going to come to you as, you know, from a from a place of weakness because he needs you now. Have him swear fealty to you <laughs> so that he can retrie- receive his nose candy. Feudalism starts with the house next door. (laughs) (laughs) Lord Reese. I honestly did not even consider making him bend the knee, but I think 
I think we're on to something. I'm going to workshop this. Just think about him in like a, a full suit of armor, just coked out of his mind with a sword. He would die for you. He would kill all the cops. To get all the cocaine, I would probably have to do battle with the local MC, the motorcycle club called the Pagans that I see around here sometimes. This is gonna be our. This is gonna be our mini series. Yeah, on. Google them. They control the uh, eastern seaboard. They're called the Pagans, but they have motorcycles. I listen. I'm with you. They got to be put down. <laughs> Stealing pagan valor. Are people ready to move on to the uh, next topic? Because it's it's only gonna get fucking crazier from here. Amidst legal battle, Gearbox CEO says he left USB stick of porn at medieval times. (laughs) From Ars Technica, Sam Makovich. So, uh, alleges Pitchford received 12 million bonus, hid from Gearbox staffers, siphoned elsewhere. Apparently, Randy Pitchford is like one of the fucking weirdest motherfuckers on this planet. It really shows through here. Where we're gonna get into this, but you, you've already you've already heard what he's did. It, it sounds like a fucking wacky wacky comedy scenario. It's like it's a wonderful life, but instead of leaving the money on the counter, it's a USB stick full of porn and secret details of the company. Yeah. At medieval times, you eat with your hands, correct? So it's a greasy USB stick of porn. Hell yeah. Yeah, that really should make you, like, leave that stuff in the car before you go into a medieval times. Like, you have to leave your phone, you know, any clothes that have zippers on them. It's, uh, <laughs> it goes against the theme of the restaurant. Nice. Amish times. <laughs> it's, a, it's a restaurant that gives you the true Amish experience. Did I read wrong, or was that not child porn that was on his USB stick? It was alleged, oh, we're going to get into it, but it, uh, apparently he has massive beef with this guy who's suing him. They're really not pulling any punches and are alleging that it was child porn. I, I think the child porn thing is egregious. but uh, It's quite gross. It's terrible, but I don't know what kind of game developer, like head of a company or, or anything you, you are, if you have just detailed game files and company secrets all in my documents on a fucking USB drive all in one <laughs> yeah, I know. on a necklace. Well, I just want to say, just before we really dive into the heart of darkness, I do think there, there, Amish times could be a pretty successful thing. And instead of like seeing knights LARPing and fighting each other in the middle of this giant arena, it's just a bunch of Amish people like building a house. They do a barn raising in this <laughs> arena. <laughs> that would be dope. So, a pair of lawsuits filed in Collin County in Dallas County District Courts last year came to light on Friday each revolving around an apparently nasty dispute between the former general counsel of Gearbox Studios and its CEO, Randy Pitchford. November filing by Gearbox, uncovered by Kotaku's Jason Schreier, alleged that the company's former general counsel, Wade Callender, quote, exploited Gearbox's generosity and trust for his own personal gain. Calendar's own countersuit filed in the same court one month later went quite a bit further. Calendar's suit alleges that Pitchford, quote, breached his fiduciary duties by exploiting Gearbox employees and property to fund Pitchford's private cravings. Oh boy. 
Yet one portion of the suit makes two sensational accusations about Pitchford's behavior. One, that he accidentally left a selection of underage pornography on a USB stick at a restaurant. And that two, that he used his company's money to host private parties where adult men reportedly exposed themselves to minors to the amusement of Pitchford. That one what? sounds a little bit fucking out of this world. I did read the Kotaku article about this earlier. They didn't front load that so much. They also included the fact that, you know, Randy Pitchford's lawyers are like, that's fucking insane. And we have video evidence to show that it didn't happen. But anyway, the allegations about a USB stick places at Discovery at a 2014 Medieval Times dinner and tournament location in Dallas down the road, blah, 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 blah. The Sunburst suit alleges that somebody perused the USB stick's contents upon their discovery and then contacted the game studio so that its employees could recover it. Pitchford declared that the thumb drive was his and requested its prompt return. At this time, Calendar and other Gearbox counsel were mediating yet another case which Pitchford's conduct was front and center. The Aliens Colonial Marine class action, Calendar alleges, that while he was out of town, he asked Gearbox staffers in Texas to make a copy of the USB drive to ensure its contents could be verified and, if necessary, acted upon. Calendar was unable to see these files, he alleges, because Pitchford intervened by retrieving the lost USB drive himself and ordering Gearbox personnel to destroy the copy that oh Calendar requested. Citing information and belief, Calendar alleges the USB stick in question contained Randy Pitchford's personal collection of underage pornography, in addition to sensitive corporate documents of Gearbox and business partners like Take-Two Interactive, 2K Games, Sega, Microsoft, Sony, etc. Additionally. Calendar alleges that Pitchford siphoned Gearbox profits to fund parties thrown by Pitchford and his wife. The suit describes these parties known as peacock parties <laughs> uh, as gatherings where adult male guests have reportedly exposed themselves to minors to the amusement of Randy Pitchford. David Eddings, a former Gearbox vice president and voice of Borderlands character Claptrap, up until 2017, took to Twitter after Kotaku's report with a vague two-word post it's true. Oh my Update. god. Eddings added a follow-up comment on his Twitter account, which we have since embedded above. It uses the green check mark emoji to clarify his stance on the lawsuit filed against Pitchford. Liar? Check. Con man? Check. Perf? No idea. Oh boy. <laughs> what? This weird, like, needless bloviating about it. I think the one thing I don't necessarily like about this is that it's all from Calendar's perspective. If it's somebody who worked closely with Randy Pitchford, they're probably just as big of a liar con man as he is. Isn't that kind of like one of the prerequisites of being like on top of the food chain in these stupid ass companies? I'd just like to read this part from the Kotaku article basically saying that Gearbox has denied this, saying that Pitchford and his wife hold regular variety shows that are recorded and had nothing of the sort occurred there. This is terminology that the Pitchfords have never used, a spokesperson said referring to the term peacock parties to which the lawsuit refers, and was made up by Wade in a further attempt to paint a, sens a sensational picture that is demonstrably false. So I think that that's something that's important to add in addition to like the allegations, because I think that this person is like really pulling out all the stops to like make Pitchford seemed like even more of a weird creep than he actually is. Yeah, Randy's rebuttal. The porn was a magic trick. <laughs> Bizarrely enough, 
Pitchford corroborates some of the story's details by appearing on a podcast that went live one day after Callender's suit was filed. On December 22, with an episode of Piff Pod, <laughs> Pitchford talks at length about porn that he enjoys watching, including cam girl pornography, in which a host exposes him themselves to a live feed and takes requests and financial tips from consumers. Pitchford explained that he was a consumer of this content. Oh, he boy. confirmed that he copied a specific video to this memory stick to, as he describes it, work out the method of how a cam girl host faked the act of female ejaculation. He described... <laughs> <laughs> I realize this is not a sex worker. Pitchford said on the show, this is a fucking magician. Oh, my God. Pitchford, for those unaware, has a vested interest in the field of magicians and owns the magic-focused Genie magazine. I mean, already right there, that's a red flag. If you're like a fucking grown man and you run a company and you're, you know, one of your hobbies is being really into magic. Yeah, for real. And then, quote, this is before I learned that I should probably have password-protected memory sticks. Pitchford says, no shit, before admitting that he had indeed left a USB flash drive at Medieval Times Dinner and Tournament Restaurant. Some kid, an employee of the Medieval Times, discovered the memory stick, took it home, and discovered secrets of my company and future games and development, and also discovered the pornography. It was barely legal porn. This girl's handle was only 18. The USB flash drive was returned to Gearbox, Pitchford says, in exchange for, quote, swag and video games. <laughs> Pitchford claims that the flash drive arrived at the studio while Pitchford was on vacation, so his executive assistant checked its contents. Before I knew it, the entire office looked at it. <laughs> And there was one piece of content on here, and it never occurred to any of them that the reason why that was just a single porno was because of the magic trick, not because of pause. I don't know whether the whatever the fuck they thought. Oh my god! Kind of feel like you do know what they thought. <laughs> Later in the podcast, Pitchford suggests putting this only eighteen performer. On the cover, quote, of the future Genie Magazine issue. Wow. It's like a star is born too right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew this detail about the story, which is why I was like, it's pretty bad. Not as bad as this, this person is alleging calendar, but we're still really bad. Yeah, gamers are just the best people, man. Game developers especially. The best. I 100% believe Randy Pitchford here, because if he was lying, he would have come up with something way less fucking horrible than that. And it feels true in the sense that, like, I'm sure that there was a lot of shady business deals and this USB stick thing, and then Calendar just saw, though, like, the only 18th thing and basically did Republican moral panic stuff of just being like, these are children, and that is not true, but it's still, like, creepy enough that it's not... It's not cool? It's not insane to go there. It's not made up out of whole cloth. I don't even I don't even really know Gearbox at all. I don't know the Borderlands series. We gl- we kind of glossed over the fact the vice president also being the voice actor for what like a Borderlands character I think is fucking stupid. Like if you need <laughs> another paycheck, like fuck off. 
Yeah, pretty much. I I remember Gearbox fondly because I really love the the Half Life Opposing Force mm-hmm. uh, expansion that they made. But it's been kind of crazy since then. I enjoy Borderlands, but it's not like it's that mind blowing. And Colonial Marines is so fucking terrible. It's hilarious. Yeah, I think they uh, they were pioneers in like the injecting Reddit jokes in two thousand nine. <laughs> Like internet humor into video games. Is that a that good was, thing? That was uh, a freaking <laughs> epic, dude. That it's was, just uh, another. It's just another example of how you realize that like using the term pioneer is actually a terrible thing. Did uh, Alton? Did we mention on the pod how in Borderlands Quest that we played, it was to kill all the video game critics of some video game in the world? Oh yeah. So in Borderlands Two. There's a quest in the epic crater of Badassitude, which, you know, wow, epic. For You do a quest for Mr. Torque where he gets really mad at a bunch of reviewers for giving his favorite game a low score. And so he sends you to go kill them. So you do. At first, you're like, haha, they gave the game an 8 out of 10. Great joke, Gearbox. But like the end of it, you're just like, huh, we're just murdering the critics of the game <laughs> that we're playing. That's. So wait a minute, because like, cause now I actually don't even know. I think I'm just like sort of pose-lawing myself with this here. Was that supposed to be an actual like settling the score of the Borderlands company being mad that reviewers didn't give it a good enough score? Or was it supposed to be like a critique of gamers getting mad at reviewers? It was like done in a way that was sort of joking about it and i think it was much more targeted towards gamers than like about the developers because you know torque didn't make the game he just really loves it and he's just mad that they're giving it a low score and so it's sort of like uh satire is a bit too high highbrow for, for the term it's like pantomime it's supposed to be a critique but i don't think and by the end it feels that way at all it, it just seems so vague that it really could just be interpreted either which way. It just it seems like a half-baked idea. I'm not going to play it. I don't care. I'm done. All right. I think we've wrapped up. I never want to talk about Randy Pitchford again. I don't want to see his gross face anymore. That was honestly kind of a downer. It's just so gross. I, I do have to apologize because I willingly uh, avoided this story and only read the headlines based on like my peripheral vision. Like I try not to open this article because this yeah. whole shit just seems so fucking exhausting. So I, I mean, I'm sorry, but I like I have no fucking thing to add to this besides. Man, that's uh, still very scummy, no matter what. It's such a double-edged sword because obviously, like, how much more... I mean, even though this case wasn't necessarily blown up by, like, you know, really good sleuthing, like, the fact that it was blown up by just some fucking, like, you know, minimum wage worker at a medieval times just happened to find a lost USB stick, and this is what blew this whole thing up open. Obviously, it's good that we're seeing, like, a lot more of, like, company owners and CEOs and all these motherfuckers, like, you know, we're seeing that they're actually gross people who do gross things because they're people in power, and for the longest time, they could just keep getting away with it. So the fact that, like, people are finding out and hopefully justice is going to be, like, brought to them, that's a good, that's a step in the right direction. The bad part is that we have to find out that it's, like, almost basically anybody who is a fucking CEO or a CFO or a VP or anything like that is just engaged in, like, gross shit like this. Every single person in power just 
I don't know, something happens to them and they just become one of the people out of Eyes Wide Shut. It's like literally, you know, you live this lifestyle where you're constantly getting money. You're like in control of a company and nobody says no to you or anything like that. Nobody really keeps you in check. So like your new fucking worldview is that like I can do whatever I want So thankfully, like, this dude just gets to be fucking embarrassed, even just for, like, the weird shit that he's doing. And obviously we'll find out legally, like, if there is, like, how bad that whole, you know, kind of sexual exploitation, you know, case can really be going down there. But I mean, also a dude that's just doing basic white collar crime bullshit, too. So hopefully he gets popped for that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he has to step down as CEO of Gearbox because he's just like a really scummy guy even before this he like just lied about jim sterling just constantly like this guy he's just a miserable weird gross dude and i think it's worth keeping in mind is that all of this like white collar crime shit that i am 100 percent believe happened he wouldn't have gotten caught or wouldn't have made a blip at all if he wasn't such an insane gross creep yeah. Only because he doesn't have it together enough not to leave his porn and leave his <laughs> Exactly. Did this come out? Pretty much. You are yeah. literally, yeah, you are literally tying up your fucking weird shit with your actual crimes, too. Ty- so it's tying like, my, my USB stick labeled crimes to myself <laughs> with, a, with a string of dental floss. Okay, well... Let's move on to uh, happier news. What do you say? I would agree. I never want to talk about this again. Seriously. A beautiful new term mm. was was birthed on the Christmas holiday. We have to acknowledge it. We have to honor it. The story starts with Anil Dash saying, looking forward to every white person denouncing PewDiePie, right? Then in the, <laughs> the action asterisk holds breath. Tony Turwe responds, not like Pewds actually did anything wrong, except say a gamer word once during a video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And at this point, I mean, this is going to come out in like a, probably like a month or so once I finish editing all these podcasts, but it has caused quite the stir on Twitter. When it released on uh, December 18th, it has rocked the gamer world by storm by giving the sequel, the unexpected and uninvited sequel to Heated Gamer Moment, about the exact same shit. Like, first it was a moment, now it's like an actual vernacular. If you look at Tony's Twitter account, what I love most about it is that he has been, and to this day, is still, like, getting mad about Anil Dash about this. And <laughs> basically, basically his point is, is that actually it's not racist to use gamer words, and that to, <laughs> to call anybody a racist for using them is uh, makes you the racist. Has the Merriam-Webster Twitter, like, subtweeted that? You know how, like, whenever someone argues about a word on Twitter, then, like, Merriam-Webster, like, comes out with this, like, Neil Grass to Tyson. <laughs> Be like, actually, is the arbiter of words. Actually, it's word Epiphilia. Actually means something bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, that was a, a real first gamer word. <laughs> oh, boy. But, yeah, gamer words. Now, 
everyone's brain has become a little bit more broken because we have to process the fact that somebody's taken racial slurs and explicitly linked it with the gamer identity. I'm really looking forward to Tanahasi Coates's take on uh, you know, the transformation of, you know, just these words being swallowed up into the um gamer identity. It's definitely something like it's interesting that PewDiePie fans have just become the vanguard of this just insane excusing of like all behavior. Right. Um, you know, there's like not there's this this really, you know, it's not that deep, but I don't know. It's it's funny how it just continues to be normalized like this. And if you look at Tony's tweets, um, there's like one of them where he talks about actually the history of these words doesn't matter at all. Insane, stupid things that like don't consider anybody else's opinions. Gamers didn't suffer for literal year to to (laughs) to have our history erased like this. Have our gamer words decontextualized <laughs> by this this historical revisionist. Definitely irony is to blame here because I think for the last two years, every last person has been referring to the gamer words. I honestly think that the whole irony like of calling just racial slurs as gamer words is definitely to blame for this thing. Because now it's like completely fucking blown up into a uh, a real thing. A real thing that that now you you have to explain yourself for saying, and you you can't fall back on the well. You see, it's a, it's a humor term, and we weren't we were being facetious. You cannot fall back on that shit anymore because you've been saying it so casually for the last two years. People like this do way more to associate gamers with vile shit than we ever will. You know, we find the dirtiest, grossest shit that gamers have ever said or done. And then this guy comes and just completely blows us out of the water by being completely (laughs) sincere for one post. And it just, oh, it's so stupid. It's, It's like how something like this is spawned from such idiocy is incredible. Like, it's exactly like what I said about how the greatest thing that Ian Miles Chong ever wrote was heated gamer moment, and not for the reasons he thinks. It's crazy, too, because, like, in in an alternate timeline where that never happened, PewDiePie would be, you know, like a newly announced character in Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> You're fucking right! Oh my god, he got his fucking Disney, like, show canceled. Fucking PewDiePie got can- got removed from Kingdom Hearts 3. You know, so he lost a fucking, you know, entertainment contract, whatever you want to call it, that would have been in the works for just some like stupid, literally like one second of dumbass bullshit. And then obviously just goes down in flames like that. But he's still around. And like, this is something I wanted to bring up during this segment is if you've talked about it before, like, you know, then you can just quickly refresh me. But like, what's this shit of like all these people who are like hacking people's smart TVs to like advertise PewDiePie's YouTube channel and stuff? Have you heard about that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even care about the how. I care about the why. There's a Indian YouTube channel called T Series that I think is like a big media company that's mm-hmm. threatening to overtake his number one spot on YouTube. It's like Indian Vivo or something. They like have music videos. It's just like everybody, like all of these figures, Brianna Wu, hilariously enough, had like started beating this subscribe to PewDiePie drum because they wanted to keep him on top. Wait, why was she carrying water for him? All these YouTubers, they don't give a shit 
they know he's one of them and they all carry water for him. Brianna Wu and Markiplier and all like these dipshit politically unconscious gamers are all just like, yeah, let's support PewDiePie so he doesn't lose his number one spot to brown people. Jeff Gerstmann talks about how PewDiePie may be the most popular YouTuber around, but there's a lot more to being successful and having like a long-lasting business and just selling hats and t-shirts to your fan base. He might have 75 million fans, but he's been knocked down so far because of the Disney thing. And being on top of YouTube, you know, hard to debate that he is popular, but it's, it's such an insane like shadow of what he used to be in terms of success. Which is good. Yeah, it's great. I want to see him knocked down even further. Subscribe to T-Series is what we're saying. (laughs) It's amazing because now he really did get knocked down a peg. He has one less cup holder in all of his private jets. The fleet. Yeah, true. So, so, I mean, he really is, he really is hurting. I, I know how you, I know what you're saying. So, Moving on to our next topic, and I'm noticing something of a theme about uh, CEOs misbehaving, something about the, the power structure we currently employ for most companies driving people insane with power. This comes to us from Kotaku. Top right, executive suspended without pay following investigation over workplace misconduct. And once we get into the article, misconduct is uh, one way of putting it. Uh, from Cecilia de Anastasio. Earlier this week, Riot CEO sent out an email to employees describing it the punishment its COO, Scott Gelb, will face after multiple employees allege that, as a comedy bit, he has repeatedly touched subordinates' balls or butt or farted in their faces. Jesus Christ. Nice, dude. Really nice. Several employees tell Kotaku that his punishment, two months of unpaid leave and training, is far from satisfactory. An eight-month Kotaku investigation, formed by interviews with dozens of current and former employees, revealed that Riot Games had fostered a culture of sexism. The company, which is 80% male and has 2,500 employees, has alleged history of passing up qualified women for promotions, holding female job candidates to a higher standard, and perpetuating a, quote, bro culture of bathroom humor and alleged sexual misconduct. Uh, I don't think alleged is uh, the right word anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Through Kotaku's interviews, one name kept cropping up, Scott Gelb, Riot Games COO, whom current and former employees alleged participated in ball tapping. (laughs) (laughs) flicking or slapping testicles farting on employees or humping them for comedic effect it just became so normal said one employee who witnessed Gil's behavior another added the ball grabbing and things like that that was absolutely well known across the board other former employees (laughs) who witnessed this believe that his style of bro comedy trickled down into the company's lower ranks where employees comfortably settled into a fraternity mindset that has, sources say, disadvantaged women. The fraternity mindset, like, man, this is like what you did with your friends when you were 13 years old, like, hanging out in the fucking parking lot at a Denny's. This is just, oh my god, man, how old is this guy? And and it's just crazy, because it's like two months, two months unpaid leave and training. 
training for like just sexually harassing well i don't know if this is the same as sexual harassment you know if you're like fucking touching people's genitals and stuff like that's legitimate sexual harassment and i mean but taking bundling up all of this that we're seeing right here like i don't think two months of uh training is going to help this guy like be (laughs) any less of a fucking man child i'm looking into my fucking crystal ball right now that says after uh fortunately gearbox software has to let go of uh randy pitchford and riot's gonna have to let go of scott gelb but right game is pleased to announce new coo randy pitchford oh, no. <laughs> oh god I mean, it's kind of obvious, but I still want to underscore, like, I couldn't find Scott Gelb's net worth, but the CEO of Riot, he's worth $200 million, tens of million a year, I'm sure. And so, you know, you have to imagine that the CEO is somewhere in that realm. The COO. The coup. And I don't know how much uh, CEOs make comparatively, but the idea of just like two months unpaid leave, like he's going to be on the bread lines, is so insulting. Two months leave, unpaid leave is probably, they're probably saving like more money than they pay their employees in a year. Yeah. Honestly, he should have just been sweet chin music. <laughs> what is that? That You don't know uh, Shawn Michaels? No. Uh, it's a wrestler thing. I, okay, he should get kicked in the face. There we go. Oh, okay. That's universal <laughs> enough. translated it to me, and I understand it now. <laughs> These people who are at the top levels of whatever company that they work at, like, nobody, nobody, like, really keeps them in check if they're doing stupid things. And, like, this guy just sort of has this worldview where, like, he can do these, like, really objectively gross and immature things and he's like actually it's cool because like everyone's into it it's like no everyone is just not objecting to you because you're their fucking boss yeah exactly honestly the only way that anyone should ever be operating from a position of power is just like if you're not actually going to be like a leader you shouldn't be in there just yucking it up with the proles smacking their genitals and hooting and hollering like a like an orangutan. There's a certain level of dignity that you should be that to come with acknowledging your class and the position of power you hold over other people. You know, you shouldn't be treating it like a fucking fraternity. It kind of is just proof that like regardless of how much money you end up acquiring, how how much success your company ends up acquiring and how many more workers you end up acquiring under you because of that success, that doesn't make the people who are in charge any smarter of people. It really just makes them more successful. Those two things, as we learn time and time again, as these stories keep coming out years and years ago and stuff like that, is that being smart and being successful could not be further away from each other. It really couldn't be. It, it One does not precede the other. One does not beget the other. And it's like there are so many people that have giant fat bank accounts and have a bunch of people that, they, you know, that work under them and they're still just giant fucking dumb assholes. Yeah, and I would agree. And I would say that actually the fact that you have such a big bank account has been proven time and time again will warp your brain. It turns you into one of these kind of people. I fully believe that, you know, if you are above a certain money amount, you are a fucked up sex pervert until proven innocent. Or just like an insufferable chud. Yeah, money drives you crazy. 
case example number one, the person who wrote the Harry Potter's books. Did you talk about the fucking wizard pants shitting tweet, or does that not count as a video game? I mean, there is a video game called Don't Shit Your Pants, and I guess every wizard alive has failed that one. Yeah, there are a few Harry Potter video games as well. I wonder if you shit your pants in those games, too. We should we should have talked about that tweet though because it is an amazing, disgusting bit of lore that was not. I mean, like I don't. We don't even need to get into the actual story of it because I imagine everyone's you know heard it like five times over already. But that you know, even just on the spectrum of extremely rich and successful people also being gigantic dumbasses in the way that they just behave daily and think nothing of it. Like, that's a very benign example of that, essentially, where someone was just like, yeah, you know what, this uh, this is an interesting and necessary amount of canon that I'm going to put out into the public being, like, the number one most popular fucking fiction series of the 21st century. Now, I'm just going to uh, etch this in stone. Never going to write another book again, uh, but just tweet about how Voldemort would have <laughs> voted for Jeremy Corbyn. never gonna write anything ever again besides like uh gay retcons yeah it's like like, you could just you could just not that's the funniest thing of it all is that you could just not do anything and you would be fine if we're going if we have to have a society for the next while where we do have you know people with exorbitant amount of riches which, you know, I would like to correct that as soon as possible. But, you know, in the instance where we do have to exist with that for some generations more, can we just, like, put them on, a, on an island far away from everybody else? Yeah, I think we might actually have to live in a society for a little bit longer. God damn it. <laughs> Gamers, rise up. But don't rise up too fast. The blood will rush from your head, and you'll just you'll feel woozy. Don't do it. You've been, take, you've been playing Dota all day. Your your blood sugar is incredibly low for your sixteen hour your Destiny two raids, where you haven't eaten anything except for like Doritos and Mountain Dew. You you actually cannot feel your legs right now. So if you stand up on them, you will faint. You will pass out. You will fall backwards onto your chair, and you will snap your neck. So please don't do this. All right. So I think. That's the the topic of the CEO cover. There's more to the article, but let's be honest, we've probably beaten that into the dirt. We've got the the highlight. Yeah, that's the important bit that just like once you have enough power in the current hierarchy, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And there is no institutional means of genuinely punishing you for misbehavior unless you fuck over another rich person. You will never go to jail. Kind of sensing a theme in today's topics. Yeah, it's almost like we're, I don't know, it's almost like, uh... It's almost like you guys wrote stuff down, maybe. maybe oh, maybe fuck. Fucking Dude, read. Reese, what if your shitty neighbor is actually, like, a billionaire? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that What if that is, what if that is why? <laughs> what if it's just Jeff Bezos wearing a mask, like Scooby-Doo? <laughs> in, a, in, a, in an insane fat suit, that would be <laughs> Oh, boy. Alright, so the last topic before we wrap up is just uh, something, a little palate cleanser. A little something to uh, make us all feel a little bit better. And it's it's coming to us from uh, Wild Geeters at Classical Lib 3 Rao. But basically, this is about everyone's favorite Ant-Man, Yin Ma's Chong. I've said in the past that I 
truly believe that nothing could really get to Ian because he was a soulless grifter. And it turns out I was not completely correct because we now know the one way to actually get to Ian Ma's Chong. You can't get to him through humiliation. You can't get to him through appeals to justice or morality. But if you hit his wallet, he will tear up. So basically, the only thing that defeats a bad grifter is another bad grifter. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So this is basically about how he got fired from Milo's website, where he had an art series tagged with Incel Corner. But now that he's finally realized Milo is never going to pay him and treated him the way Milo treats everyone, he's back to being a Milo hater. Nice. So, so this is just a series of tweets from me and Maz Chang. We're just going to watch the evolution. So here he is, uh, the 14th of July, 2017. You're an utter moron if you think Milo only sold around 150 copies of his book. It's a bestseller, and the ranking pages can't keep up. And then it shows a picture of his... Uh, his fucking incel corner by Ian Miles Chong with his fucking face. You know, people talk about leftist infighting, but man. man yeah, grifter like, infighting is way worse. So long as they're not united owning the libs, I always find that they, they are insulting each other and tearing each other down so much more. Two years later, on uh, January 10th, 2019... It occurs to me that Milo Yiannopoulos is a big fat pussy who ghosts people he owes money to because he's too much of a bitch to respond to emails. Even a fuck you would have let me give him a tiny ounce of respect more than I'm too much of a giant pussy to say anything to you. And then his follow up. I love the fact. (laughs) I love the fact that the big fat pussy Milo won't email me back because he knows I could use it against him in court, really living up to those stereotypes. And seeing Ian get mad, the first human emotion I've seen from Ian in years is incredible. Did he reveal that he never got paid by Milo, or did he actually get maybe one or two payments from him before he just got ghosted? I mean, I don't know if it was never. I think that's conjecture. You know, as someone else who gets paid to write, and, you know, when I say paid, I mean, like, very paltry amounts, there's obviously a part of me that feels for this, because there are a bunch of writers who do work and don't get paid. But then it's obviously, when you take into account that this giant piece of shit who writes like shit and has unfortunately reaped more public success than a lot of other people who don't suck ass like he does. Of course, I don't have any really sympathy for him, but I guess also the other thing that I'm really confused about is like, Milo had his own website where people did columns? Yeah. Dangerous.com. Oh, that's uh, that's unique. Yeah, because he's so da- <laughs> Milo is so dangerous. So dangerous that he's now (laughs) broke, I'm pretty sure. The screenshot that you're showing us or whatever in here is like, so that's from 2017. So this website has existed for nearly two years at the very least. And I'm remembering that there were like so many internet Twitter dipshit personalities who started up their own like news sites, you know, whether it was, uh, forgetting his name, Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire. Oh, that's or like, still around. What was, what was Louise Mensch's website is that still around too because i think i think ian miles chong actually wrote for that for a point 
I have no idea. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I but I, this is this is the fever dream thing all over again. It's not a fever dream. Uh, you're talking about Heat Street. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Oh my God, that's and yeah, and that one fucking burst into flames too. Which is just it, it's so excellent that despite having oligarchs with more money than everyone else on the planet supporting them and their grift. You know, the money that they get from, like, the Koch brothers represents a tiny fraction of just how horribly they're bilking the rest of the economy. But even then, they can't keep things together long enough to actually create, like, a stable platform. They all just fucking implode. Yeah, like, I remember recently, you know, forgive me because this isn't gamer news or whatever, but, uh, like, I remember when... Ann Coulter was like taking a shot at the Cokes because it's just, you know, this infighting with the right people clearly know that like the way to get support from those bases of people is to like try and paint other people as like not actually being real, you know, conservatives or fucking, you know, whatever you want to call them. It's a struggle for relevancy. And, you know, as we already see, like Jordan Peterson is kind of kind of on the fall because he can't do good enough hot takes to to keep him in the news his patreon's falling etc yeah all of his fans fucking left patreon because they banned carl of a cod <laughs> which is just such fucking poetic justice that like one moron getting banned from patreon is just going to cause every single other grifter to suffer for no reason he's just bringing down the ship with him it's incredible it started with the picture of his room, I think. Obviously, Ian, you know, getting fucking left in the dust by Milo and, you know, in his latest, I guess, venture of making money, writing dumbass culture takes. It is actually like, I'm looking forward to when the ball finally drops on Milo. Cause like, I remember years ago when there were some people like tweeting out, uh, you know, the fraud that he was committing with like shell companies and stuff like that. And obviously that never really went anywhere because we have not seen any news stories about him, like having, you know, cases levied against him, but there's no way that, that he can keep those plates spinning forever. So that's going to be really fun to see. And the reality is, is that the uh, right is a lot more gleeful on turning on Milo uh, because he's gay. If you ever uh, delve into any of those uh, dipshit areas, they really relish turning their hatred on him No, lo- now that he's no longer a useful idiot. That aspect of it obviously sucks, but also who can be surprised? Honestly, that feeling was mutual because I remember when people would dig up like tweets of Milo just like completely shitting on the the gamer crowd and stuff like that. Like these people are lecherous pigs. But then, of course, like when he sees, you know, money to be harvested from them, he's like, all right, I'm just going to I'm going to hop on this for some time. You can see sort of the consistency in Milo's like inconsistency of having any some sort of um, coherent ideology. Well, not even just coherent. Well, the coherent ideology is that he's just chasing cash, which is coherent enough when, you know, you live in the 21st century. But yeah, it's like, you know, so he stayed true to form, just turning and burning whoever he used to be allied with a month ago. My favorite Milo own is an article he did in like 2010, I think, for, uh, I don't know, some just completely mediocre middle ground website saying, an appeal to empathy. We should be nicer to each other on the internet, lest we turn all into sociopaths. 
This is real. This is real. I'm not making this up. Milo did write for like some really lukewarm like political commentary website a long time ago. And there was the best article ever. It's like, the internet is turning us all into sociopaths. I believe that was the title of it. It's amazing. <laughs> Every time someone posts that to his Facebook or anything, they always get banned immediately. It's amazing. <laughs> That's Tweet, the way that that... Tweet that at him, you'll get banned immediately. Was that like before Excellent. he started writing for Breitbart? Because oh, I remember a when... while ago. Yeah, okay. I remember when he was writing for Breitbart, and that also feels like a million years ago. No, that was before that as well. It was ridiculous. Well, I think we've had a good discussion. But I, I also had one more joke for the Ian Miles Chong thing. Uh, you know, him getting grifted, essentially. It's uh, fighting fire ants with fire ants. Nice. <laughs> Boom. Where can people find you guys on the internet? I'll start with you, Victor. Do oh, you, fuck no. You don't have any social media still. No, I, uh, I, I don't, I don't use Twitter and you can't find me on the internet, but, uh, I think as I said last time, I still do have my own personal page on, uh, Northrop Grumman's website as well, <laughs> as, well as well as, uh, I think if, if Halliburton still has a working page, you'll find me on Halliburton.com forward slash Victor's cool page dot ASPS. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to shout out to something particularly cool? I love my wife. <laughs> okay. It's very honorable. I love my beautiful wife. All right, Terry, how about you? Well, this is another theme that kind of came about incidentally, because um, ever since the last time I was uh, on this podcast, I also am just completely free of Twitter. I think back then I plugged like my Mastodon account, but I don't use that anymore either. But I actually do have something to plug. And unfortunately, I mean, it's sort of a to be determined, you know, to be dated type of thing. I am actually working on a podcast with another buddy of mine. Um, oh. And, you know, we are hoping to sort of roll things out within the next month and stuff like that. And um, I think people of, you know, listeners of this podcast would be pretty interested in it as well, uh, because it essentially is going to deal with discussing uh, the insane effects of technology in society. And uh, I feel like a number of the takes that you've heard me spout out in this episode, you're going to be getting a lot more of that podcast that I'm going to be on every single episode. So if you're into that, great. If you're not, uh, well, fuck you. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so essentially, I guess the one thing that I can point you to is the uh, podcast Twitter handle, which is at podcast handle. Wow. <laughs> at podcast handle. I'm going to yeah. look at podcast handle. We wanted to go for something very meta, but uh, I, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any danger of revealing too much essentially, but uh, our actual podcast is going to be entitled uh, Circuiting the Drain. Nice. So cool. everyone keep an Just eye out for that. Go look for at podcast handle. I'm looking at it right now. It says podcast coming spring 2015. Yeah, we had to repurpose <laughs> something. Uh it's a good title. And I think all I tweeted in there since like the last time we actually used that uh, thing was like a two unlimited song, just a jock. Yeah, two unlimited. Get ready for this. Original 12 inch version. Well, get ready for it. Get ready once for the pod. Once it's launched, we'll definitely shout it out. Oh, awesome. Yeah. All right. So, where can people find you, Reese, and your excellent content on the internet? 
You can find me at your very good bud on the vile and depraved Twitter. Mm-hmm. Hated by all. You can find me at 8alton8 on Twitter, where I am currently suffering with having another one of my tweets go viral. And it's not as fun as it sounds. Poor baby. Oh, poor Poor baby. (laughs) Poor little baby in the Bible tree. Because I get get a bunch of conservatives in my mentions saying, Drop dead, commie. And then just people like, Why you no sus? Why you no give sauce? Give sauce. And it's just insufferable. It's literally... I don't know. Like the thing is about getting a successful tweet off of somebody else's content. It's just like, you don't get any validation from it. It's like, well, okay, somebody else made this. So uh, I guess it's cool that it's doing numbers, but whatever. And you get all the fucking abuse of having a successful tweet without the, the validation. So it's great. I love it. It's good. Uh, and anyway, uh, enough about my life and my horrible issues with success. You can find the official podcast Twitter at at Vigatwato, where we post the episodes and some funny gamer images of uh, Obama holding an image of Fortnite that's burning up. You can also find all of our episodes at videogamesaretheworst.pinecast.co. Uh, where we host all of the pods. Video games are the worst thing on earth. Has a Patreon. Finally. If you've ever listened to this show and been like, you know what? I feel the need to give these goofuses some money. You can now do that. I encourage you guys to contribute to the Patreon because these guys still owe me uh, residuals for the first episode, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, give we, these fellas money. We, they are starving. We we aren't. They don't Milo me. We aren't responding to Terry's emails. <laughs> and also uh, on your various iTunes Podcast Republic type services, rate us. Uh, I don't give a shit what you rate us, uh, and leave a review. All right. Thank you for That's listening, everything. everyone. We'll see you next Thank time. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Terry. Thank you, Victor. Thank you for having me. Of course. I appreciate it. I apologize for making you learn things about Randy Pitchford. Uh, It's okay. I'll forget about it in about 20 minutes. Excellent. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to the part of the podcast where we thank people for money. Thank thank you. Uh, That that thank you is for free. Yes, that's the... complimentary one don't the <laughs> your five dollars bought the previous thank you you get two for one two for the you're price welcome. of one you're welcome that's that we're gonna have to charge you 75 cents for that welcome <laughs> or consider <laughs> consider you listening to this an invoice <laughs> man I am. I already have people jumping down my dick to create more premium content. So well, we gotta we gotta do it. I'm one of those people. Just a whole fucking ship's crew in my urethra. Don't ma- Matt. Do not think about that mental image. I think, and uh, in my opinion, you should double down on Alton. <laughs> you should get. You should get deeper in the ship's cabin. 
about the premium content. <laughs> Tell them Reese sent you. Get into my my ship's magazine of my urethra. I guess is how this fucking analogy is working. I don't. I'm gonna say know. bit bit complete. Let's get bit, to the thank yous. <laughs> bit murdered, beaten, buried, dug up, beaten again, and shot for good measure before being buried again. Uh, so yeah, fucking Robert Miles, thank you for thank you. your patronage. Um, thank you to Conky, who still has, damn, they really do just let you type anything in this field, though. Uh, thank you, Conky. Thank you. Uh, Nate M., thank you. Higgins the Seagull, thank you very much for your money. Thank you to you both. Tom Devane. I believe, it, I believe we got it's, it correct. It, it's Devan. Fuck. It's Tom Devan. He has the uh, Dead Rising avatar. Yes. With the Lego head thing. I don't know what it's called. It's from Capcom. It's a video game man, Tom Devan. Thank you, Tom Devan. <laughs> there, I got you a catchy little nickname. Video game man, Tom Devan. That's Boom. a limerick we can remember. That's not how limericks work, but it, we can remember it in case we ever forget how to say your last name. Uh, Dissonant Dragon, thank you. Thank you, Dis. Dis, that's right. Um, and then last, but certainly not least, Jordan Haas. Jordan! Big Ooh. old... Just imagine me, Jordan, inhaling you like Kirby. Oh my the, god. And uh, I'm just going to cut off this imagery there, but... It's <laughs> it's not quite as but disturbing it's, it's whole, as the it's one Kirby, earlier. It's wholesome it when is it's Kirby. Wholesome. Kirby could do anything, and it's wholesome. That's right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for patronizing us. Uh, <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>